Hey everyone, welcome back to the Kaderna Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. In today's episode, I'm going to shine the light on some of the bright spots in a high interest rate environment. Now you might be asking yourself, what are you talking about? So far this year in 2022, all we've heard about is high inflation, the Fed hiking interest rates in an aggressive manner, and the havoc that that's wreaking on the economy and the stock market. And yes, while the path to higher interest rates may be a painful one, once we actually get there, where we are right now, it does present us with some new opportunities. But before I share those with you, I just want to remind all of my listeners with a quick shameless plug that in just a few months, in February of 2023, I will be releasing a new book called What Should I Do With My Money? Economic Insights to Build Wealth Amid Chaos. In this book, which is published by McGraw-Hill, we'll be diving into all aspects of the economy, some that we're familiar with and others that might not be so familiar. And we'll talk about the impact they have on you and your household and how your decisions of what to do with your money rest right at the center of our global economy. So please keep an eye out for that. Again, it's called, What Should I Do With My Money? You'll be hearing more about that soon. Is going to require work and time and sweat and toil If money wasn't an issue, what would I be doing? Don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. Change is the only constant. The Kaderna Podcast. Okay, so I opened up saying that there's some bright spots in a high interest rate environment. But first, let's take a step back and just look at where we are today. So if we look at the S&P 500, all right, consider that the broad benchmark of the overall stock market. As of today, which this is airing on November 18th, 2022, the S&P 500 is down 18% year to date. Okay, we're all aware of that. I'm sure that's uh, nothing noteworthy at this point. However, the thing that has caught a lot of people off guard is when they think of, well, I have some fixed income, I have some bonds in my portfolio. That's supposed to be my safe money, my money that's preserved, it's not so volatile, Sometimes people will say, you know, I can't lose. It's fixed income. However, we've learned a very difficult lesson this year in 2022 on what raising interest rates do to bonds. All right. The Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index, which is the most widely quoted uh, index for the overall bond market in America. It looks at a variety of intermediate term investment grade bonds. All right, the Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index is down 14% year to date, nearly as far down as the overall stock market. And you might be wondering, how is that possible? That's supposed to be the safe money that when things go crazy, I don't need to worry. But let me remind you real quick how bonds work. All right, so when someone issues a bond, which is a form of debt, and there's an interest rate associated with that, you as the bondholder are going to be receiving that rate of interest for the duration of the bond. Okay, so that's just kind of the the basic premise of it. However, in the future, if rates go higher and they are now issuing new bonds at a new higher rate, then naturally the bond that you're holding has immediately become devalued. Your lower interest rate is not so valuable as someone that can get a higher rate in today's environment. That's what has happened in 2022. You'll often hear the analogy, it's like a seesaw. As rates go up, the value of my existing bonds go down. As rates go down, the value of my existing bonds can go up, all right? Hence the seesaw. 
for instance, just to kind of clarify that, if I purchased a, uh, a bond that was issued in 2020 at 1%, and now that same exact bond is being issued at 5%, naturally, it seems like I kind of have a bad deal, and, and that old bond will not carry the same weight out on the marketplace. Okay, And that is exactly where people are feeling that pain in the fixed income space. They often have these mutual funds or these exchange traded funds that are comprised of all these different forms of debt, whether they're treasuries, all different varieties of bonds, municipal bonds that were issued years ago. And now as interest rates have gone up so quickly this year, they have all taken quite a hit as you know, illustrated by that bond index that's off 14% year to date. Okay, so like I said, raising interest rates can be a painful journey to get to where we need the economy to be. However, once we're there, there is new opportunity. What do I mean by that? If we look at the past, say, 14 years, essentially since the Great Recession, we've had relatively low interest rates. You know, mid-COVID, we actually had 0% interest rates. All right, so the Fed was just flooding the market, the economy with money, and there was very easy, very cheap lending going on for consumers and corporations alike. Now, when we were living throughout those past 14 years or so, people may have said, hey, I went out and I got an auto loan at 5%. That was fantastic. I went out and I got a 30-year fixed mortgage at 3%. How could you ever beat that? All right, so there was a lot of uh, pros of a low interest rate environment beyond just the stock market and investing. However, at the same time, there was a segment of the population that said, well, I need to be super, super conservative and I'm just going to leave my money in cash or cash equivalents. And for the better part of those 14 years, they were earning next to nothing. And I'm sure a lot of you witnessed that as your checking and your savings accounts were interest bearing accounts with a fantastic interest rate of 0.1% if you were lucky. This is where the tables have turned. All right, finally, new bonds, new forms of fixed income may be coming back in vogue. And to really dive under the hood of some of the more popular items and, and how they work, we're gonna spend the next few minutes talking about fixed annuities, treasuries, and CDs, or certificates of deposit. Typically, when people want to be super safe with their money, those are the three most popular avenues. They did not have much to offer for the past 14 years, but now, in November of 2022, they have finally, like I said, come back in vogue. So what are these? A CD is a certificate of deposit that's issued by a bank. Right? We're going to look at everything just to apples to apples, compare uh, some of these products, We'll look at five-year durations. According to Bankrate, a five-year CD right now, some of the highest rates out there are at 4.25%. That's the APY or annual percentage yield. Okay, so you have a five-year CD at 4.25%. If we look at a five-year treasury, which is kind of the ultimate in safety, which we'll discuss in a minute, a five-year treasury is currently being issued at 3.99%. And then if we look at a five-year fixed annuity, all right, which is an insurance contract issued by an insurance carrier, some of the top five-year annuities right now are hovering between 5% and 5.25%, all right, as far as the interest rate. So keep those numbers in mind. 
And now we'll look at, well, which one of those is better than the other or which one would be suitable for you, just simply by giving you some background info on the three vehicles. I would say that you want to look through uh, three different lenses um, to consider when you decide which one is suitable. Number one is going to be the safety inherent to each product. Number two is going to be the liquidity, which is simply how quickly can I get that money back. And then number three is going to be the taxability or the tax consequence of carrying that product. So let's start with safety because that's the primary purpose of these three vehicles. So the safest without question is the US Treasury. A treasury is considered a risk-free asset as its principal and interest are backed by the full faith and credit of the US government. The US government has never defaulted on a treasury, okay? So that is why it's seen not just in America, but worldwide as a safe arbor for money. Next up, let's talk about a CD or certificate of deposit. CDs have been made fun of and even nicknamed in the media as certificates of disappointment for most of the past decade because the rates were so low. However, like I mentioned a moment ago, those have certainly climbed now uh, in this higher interest rate environment. So what's safe about a CD? Well, it's backed by a bank and that interest rate is guaranteed by the bank. And if you say, well, it's a bank, it's not the US government, what happens if that bank, God forbid, went under? That is where the FDIC or the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation backs up a bank in their products. And when I say products, I'm talking about checking, savings, money markets, and CDs, okay? However, the FDIC, which is actually backed by the federal government, will only cover up to $250,000, and that's looking at all accounts for one person in one bank, okay? So for instance, if I have a savings account of $50,000, a checking account of $50,000, and then a CD of $200,000 at one single location or one bank, that's $300,000 of assets with that savings institution. Only 250,000 of that is covered by the FDIC should they run into financial troubles. All right, so I think it's important to recognize that. It goes by per person, through one bank, and it looks at all of the accounts that that individual has with that bank. That's why sometimes you'll see folks that have a lot of money in these cash equivalents or in CDs break that up, uh, up amidst various banks so that they can have more layers of FDIC protection. Next up, we have a fixed annuity. So like I mentioned, it's an insurance contract backed by an insurance carrier. They, again, are guaranteeing that interest rate. However, the strength is only as strong as the paper that that's written on, being that underlying insurance carrier. So the first thing that you would want to look for is, well, how strong is that insurance carrier? So the premier credit rating agency for annuity companies is most commonly recognized as AM Best. AM Best grades every insurance company on a scale from D, which is poor, all the way up to A++, the highest rating or what they call superior. So you wanna look at that first so that you have some faith in that insurance company that they'll be able to uphold your contract and that interest rate. Now, what would happen if the annuity company were to go under, like we mentioned with the banks? There is another contingency in this regard. 
So annuity companies are backed up by the National Organization of Life and Health Guarantee Associations. So the way that they work is each one is governed by the state that they domicile in. Okay, so there's an insurance commissioner for all 50 states. And depending on that particular state that that insurance company is in, that's what's going to dictate, you know, how much support they have through these guarantee associations. However, most are consistent with the NAIC, which is the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, and they have what's called a Model Act. And what the Model Act suggests is at least $250,000 of coverage for present value annuity benefits. Okay, so very similar to what we mentioned with the banks and the FDIC, there is a security measure comparable for uh, the annuity world as well. Next up, once we've gotten more familiar with the safety of our investment, or this where we're putting our dollars, technically these are not securities, I will say, next we want to look at the liquidity. And liquidity, again, is how quickly can I use that money should I need it? Let's start first with the treasury. So a treasury note cannot be redeemed prior to its maturity. Okay, so if I buy a five-year treasury, and in year three, I say, I want all that back. It's not like I can just redeem that from the treasury. What happens is it has to be sold. Okay, so a treasury can be sold through a bank, a broker, or a dealer. And now what happens, this is where interest rate risk, where all this conversation started, can enter back into the conversation. If, let's say, that I was to go get that treasury today, a five-year treasury at 3.99%, and over the next couple of years, inflation remains hot and the Fed says we're going to continue to raise interest rates. And in two years, that same five-year treasury is being issued at 6%. Now, all of a sudden, if I want to go sell my treasury I got in 2022 because I need that money back, naturally, I could end up selling it at a discount because it's far below the prevailing interest rates at that time. So you need to keep that in mind. That's where you can actually lose money with a treasury if it's not held to maturity, okay? Now, if we look at a CD, a CD you can redeem prematurely through the bank. However, most banks will have some sort of penalty for redeeming that CD early. Uh, some of the things, for instance, on a five-year CD that you may see is a penalty that could be as high as 12 months interest right, charged against your redemption, or even 24 months interest, all right? So if we look at how much that is on our initial deposit, then we can obviously do the math and see how much penalty will go back to the bank to redeem that CD. Now a fixed annuity is a bit different in that most fixed annuities have what's called a surrender schedule, which lasts for that duration, all right? Meaning if I got a five-year fixed annuity, I can't touch that money for the next five years or I would pay a surrender penalty to the annuity company. Typically speaking, that's a sliding scale where we start in year one with a higher penalty that gets lower each year we hold it. And then after five years, we're free and clear from any penalties. Now, all annuities, just like the banks, will be different. However, a common theme in the fixed annuity marketplace is that you can either access 10% of the annuity in any given year without penalty, or others may state that you can access the interest of the annuity without penalty. 
Another thing that you see more of lately is uh, annuities that are held in IRAs may be what they call RMD friendly, meaning if you take required minimum distributions, they would not be subject to penalty. And a lot of annuities that we see now also have a chronic or terminally ill waiver in there, which says that they'll waive the surrender period should that annuitant or that uh, annuity owner um, become chronically or terminally ill. All right, so there are some different ways to get at that money within the five years, um, same as there would be with a CD or same as if you had to sell your treasury uh, out in the marketplace. The last ones we want to look through to kind of grade these and see what's suitable is going to be the tax consequence. Okay, so with a treasury, the interest on a treasury is going to be taxed at the federal level. So what happens is each year the Treasury Department will send that investor a Form 1099-INT for interest. And that will declare how much interest was received on that Treasury. And then that person will report that interest on their tax return in that year. And they'll do that every year that they hold on to that Treasury. Now, if they were to sell that Treasury within those five years and they were to sell it for a gain, they can also be subject to capital gains tax just like any other investment. Now, if we look at a CD, a CD is very similar in that the bank will issue the CD holder a 1099 each year in which they'll have to report the interest on their tax return. And that can be taxed both at the federal level and the state and local level. Whereas a US treasury is only taxable at the federal level. And then lastly, we have that fixed annuity, a little bit different than the prior two. A fixed annuity, or any annuity for that matter, can grow tax deferred, meaning that each year you accrue that interest, the tax is deferred. There would not be any 1099 issued. It just continues to accumulate, and then that person would be responsible for the tax as they begin to actually withdraw that money. Now, it's worth noting also on the fixed annuity Yes, it gets tax deferral, which a lot of people certainly enjoy. However, it's a retirement product at heart. And so even if it's a non-qualified fixed annuity, if that person should access it before the age of 59 and a half, they can pay the 10% premature distribution penalty to the IRS. Okay, I know that was a mouthful, but you just want to think of those more as strictly for retirement uh, when you hear that word annuity. All right. So hopefully that gave you some insight into some of the new higher interest rate fixed income vehicles, the U.S. Treasury, the CD, and the fixed annuity. Now, please note that this information is only for educational purposes and should not be considered individual advice. Please consider your own financial situation, goals, and objectives, and consider professional guidance before making any investment decisions. Reader, or excuse me, listeners should be contacting their tax or legal professionals for any specific tax or legal advice. I hope you found this helpful. Please keep uh, checking in with us wherever you're tuning in. Leave us a review. Go tell a friend. Uh, if you have particular questions or anything, topics you want to hear more about, email us at thecadernapodcast at gmail.com. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. This has been another episode of the Kaderna Podcast. We'll see you next time.
The Caderna podcast is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary, and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guardian and its subsidiaries do not provide tax, legal, social security, student loan, mortgage, or real estate advice. Listeners should contact their own tax, accounting, or legal advisors, or the social security department in this matter. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Brian Caderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PASS, 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003. Securities, product services, and advisory services are offered through PASS, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Nine 973-244-4420. Financial representative, the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Passes an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Caderna Financial Team and International Planning Alliance, LLC, are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Pass or Guardian. Caderna Financial Team is a division of International Planning Alliance, LLC, a general agency of Guardian. Pass is a member of FINRA, SIPC. California Insurance License Number, OK04194. Content of the Caderna Podcast is copyright of Brian M. Caderna, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the content in any form is prohibited without prior permission from the Caderna Podcast. The views and opinions expressed herein may not be those of Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. Guardian does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of, of the information or opinions presented herein. Any third-party materials referenced cannot be endorsed or verified by Guardian and are used as the opinion of the author. Guardian, its subsidiaries, or affiliates do not provide or issue or advise for mortgages. This material contains the current opinions of the author, but not necessarily those of Guardian or its subsidiaries, and such opinions are subject to change without notice.